Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> hey, Jay, it ain't easy being cheesy, man. It ain't easy being cheesy. But we back. We back for another episode of Hidden Takes, episode five. And Jay, I'm going to let you take this one. As usual, viewer discretion advice, because what? If you can't handle the heat, stay your ass up out the kitchen. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, Jay. And we back with a lot of news. I mean, just similar fashion as the last, unfortunately, as the last um, Hidden Takes episode we had. And that's just more COVID health and safety protocols, man. And it's just plaguing the league right now. We've seen a lot of teams going down um, with star players. Um, and we saw the league implement that if you have, I think, believe two or three um, cases, positive cases of players having COVID, then they're they have to sign a player. And we saw teams such as uh, the Lakers signing Isaiah Thomas, which is a huge deal. And I'm glad to see him back in the lead. And we talked a little bit about that on the last episode there with Lance. But let's talk about the biggest free agent signing and let's get right into news. Um, that, that being said, Joe Johnson, <laughs> the 40 year old bucket getter, seven time all-star being signed by the Boston Celtics, man. Huge deal in my in my I mean just a legend to us as hoop heads Joe uh, ISO Joe being back in the league Jay but tell me talk to me a little bit about you know we've seen uh, players basically living out their dreams like being able to like as much as you know I've seen analysts joking about you know guys being in the league this is a G League showcase and Reggie Miller talked about a lot about this but a lot of this is guys getting the opportunity that they've dreamed of a lifetime and I love the fact that teams are kind of being forced to sign guys and give them a chance. But Jay, talk to me a little bit about seeing Joe, ISO Joe and the rest of these guys that also him being a big name, but you know, other guys who would have not had the opportunity um, to get this, this chance in the league. Man, honestly, Jay, it, it just feels so good as, as hoop heads to see those, uh, those OG, those veteran guys to get another chance, another, an, an, another shot at this. I know, uh, like how you said, we just did that episode with Lance, Lance, make him dance and Lance yes, Stevenson sir. got signed as well, Facts. too, man. Yep. So we're just seeing a bunch of just, uh, just, you know, older players be able to get signed. And honestly, Jay, it's just, it, it's just fun to see. It's like, man, like I remember I saw Joe when he was killing stuff, uh, when, when, when he was in Brooklyn and like, you know, it, it's going to be a different ISO Joe, but I think that uh, I think that it's just good to bring a veteran presence around. You know, a lot of a lot of the, uh, the NBA uh, older guys say that like, say that the NBA's uh, current day, like the NBA today, modern day, they don't have a lot of vets. They they don't like to have a lot of vet, vets in the locker room. But this right here, I think this is going to turn the page. This is going to be the start of something new, and NBA teams are going to see the the importance of having a vet in the locker room because I think. Joe Johnson's going to do wonders for a player like Jason Tatum, you know, both similar yeah. players, both uh, isolations, uh, scores, uh, both professional bucket getters. And I think that Joe Johnson will be able to help help Jason Tatum in uh, his career trajectory. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and I agree, man. Just seeing just seeing all these young guys getting the chance and, and the young guy, and the veterans alike, man, it's huge. I think I love it for the league. Um, and it, it's kind of taking some good out of the bat. Obviously, you never want to see all these teams and all these players out, but you, you got to take uh, the positives out that. And I think that's huge having these guys back in the league. But another <clears throat> another ter term order of business, another news article we got here 
So Grizzlies star, you know, Ja Morant, we all know who he is, returned to action Monday night, Jay. And uh, against the Thunder, obviously, it was his first action in 12 games since spraining his left knee on uh, November 26th. Man, the Grizzlies, luckily to, the, to their, have been playing great basketball without him, man. But uh, having a guy like Ja, ja back in the lineup, you know, leads the Grizzlies in scoring at 24 points per game and also insists, like, their leading, their leading playmaker, their leading player, um, their guy who, despite his deficiencies on defense, anytime you can see – uh, he, he gives effort on both sides of the floor. You know, you look at a guy like Stephen Curry who gives effort on, on both sides of the floor. You know, Paul George, obviously he's a better defender than, than Steph and Ja, but he, he's, he gives efforts on both sides of the floor. So you need a leader like that. Um, and, and seeing that, you know, it trickles all the way down to the last guy on your bench. Um, but Ja finished that game against uh, the Thunder with, 16, six rebounds, eight assists, two steals, one block in 28 minutes against the Thunder, which which is a bad loss. But I mean, ja, talk, uh, Jay, John, <laughs> talk to me about ja, ja being back in the lineup for uh, the Grizzlies and kind of what you saw in that game, um, having him bear back on the floor. Yeah, man, honestly, it, that, that, that was one of those games that I was like uh, sitting on the edge of my seat, just waiting, excited to see Ja back in this in, in this uh, great and exciting game. And, you know, it's funny that it is the, against the Thunder, the team that the Grizzlies beat by the <laughs> these 73 points. Right. So, uh, so that, 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 that was a, a, a definitely a fun game to see. And uh, and then and like how you said, Jay, you know, John Morant uh, doesn't put up the best stat, stat line on his return uh, against OKC. Like I said, 16 points and 50 percent from the field um but the biggest thing that i noticed actually jay was and i'm not and i'm not sitting here and, and you actually said this the other day you you said that you said that teams when they don't have their star players it's not that they're better without their star it's not that they're better without their star players but other role players step up in ways that they would have never had the opportunity to and that and and that makes the team thrive in a whole different and a new a new, new dynamic and that's exactly what the Grizzlies were doing without job man I mean Desmond Bain the team the team was learning to 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 run off off role players like Desmond Bain off Triple J and they were kind of learning to play without jaw and now that jaw comes back I think that it, it is a bit of adjustment to get back to jaw and jaw leading uh le leading the grizzlies and 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 being and being the focal point the focal point of that offense but i think it's you know it, it's a transition that i think even if you know you got to go through some rocky roads right now it's better that it, when it comes playoffs you have john morant as your focal point of your offense instead of desmond bain or 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 or, or, or triple j but i just want to give a quick uh just highlight something real quick you know in that game I saw um I, I I caught I caught some fans and some fans were talking about uh oh like John Morant leave like we're better without you we're playing better without you and just stuff some some stuff like that and I think that 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 really hurt John Morant because uh because I after the post game he talked a little bit about how he feels that the fans are, are are trading on him and then he also tweeted you know I'm off socials for a while you know text me if you need me so that's like that that's the tweet of a hurt man so yeah. I just I just want to make sure that Jaw's good over there in Memphis man but. But yeah. overall, just definitely good to see a great player like John Moran back. Nah, I agree, man. There's a lot of a lot of haters on Twitter, a lot of people who don't, don't know basketball. And and I and I saw recently, I don't know if you saw this, John. Did you see that uh video of that kid um 
the kid who did that, like behind the back spin shot and, and, and uh, Katie's like, man, that's terrible. That's a terrible move or whatever. I forget exactly what he said, man. But I mean, and then people were criticizing KD about that. And I heard Draymond talking about it on his podcast, man. And I'm just like, yo, if, if I were a kid and, and KD, a guy who I look up to said, like, man, like, that's a bad move. Like, you, you can't be doing that in a game. You know, that's not a, that's not a game. That's not a move that's going to get you anywhere. And, uh, and he said that, bro, I would take that with, I would be like, man, Kevin, Kevin Durant's talking to me. Man. I'm going to listen to whatever he says and I'm going to change and implement that, man. And people are criticizing for him, man. But Twitter's just a, Twitter's just filled with Soft. people who think they know the game, man. And, and not even that they know the game, like you're entitled to your own opinion, man. But I, I just, there's a certain line that people think that it's just changed. That's what I'm trying to say. Like it's Absolutely. the day and age of, of free speech and you want to hear from the greats, man. Anytime a great, a legend like Kevin Durant is talking, bro, you listen. So all this backlash about him saying it's a terrible move. It is. You take it with the, you take it for what it is and you make the changes, man. But uh, I just thought I'd add that little rant. Jay. <laughs> um, but moving on with, with the news, um, that we got here just real quick Adam Silver obviously spoke with with uh, Malika Andrews on on, on her show uh, yesterday and he said the NBA has no plans to pause the season uh, amid the COVID-19 surge and, and he just talked about you know how it's going to be something like there's all these solutions there's all these problems with COVID and and he doesn't you know see it, it being uh being fixed anytime soon so it's not a solution of them stopping games because if you stop games you're going to come back right to this to the same problems and, and he kind of to summarize basically what he said jay but kind of what do you what are you feeling about that with all these stars do you do you think there should be a pause or like i know you talked about on the last episode we talked about briefly with lance and how we thought the percentage that they stopped or the bubble and that sort of thing but how are you still feeling what's the temperature for you on that I mean, honestly, uh, to, to, to be rude to, I think, you know, I, when this whole thing starts kind of started, the NBA was saying that the, the number one priority was the players and everybody else's safety. But I mean, we kind of all knew that that was, you know, just some, just some, just some, uh, some, some, some cover up talk, but, but the, the, the real, the real of it was that they didn't want to lose money. Money was, you know, is, is, is the root of all evil. That's, that's what, that's what runs the NBA world. That's what kind of runs the, the runs the world, man. So they didn't really want to lose money, but they had to do the whole bubble thing uh, last year. Uh, t- they had to do the whole bubble thing two years ago because it was something the world never knew. They tried the bubble experience. Some thought it was well. Some some didn't think it was great. But I know the NBA didn't like it at all because they lost so much money and so much revenue. And now with this, uh, with, with COVID starting to pick back up and this new strain of, of virus or or whatever it's called, you know, with this new strand, I think that the NBA knows deep, deep down inside that, okay, we need a bubble because a bubble realistically is the safest place in the world. You're getting tested seven to eight times a day. You, you know, you're everyone's a, a negative. So you can just even go get breakfast. So you know that you're in a safe negative space, but again, that's going to kill the revenue. That's going to kill the money. And like how I just say, you know, money runs the NBA money kind of runs the world right at this point. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't think the NBA is going to do it, 
because of the money uh, of the money aspect of it. And like how you said, Jay, if they take a pause, all they're going to do is take a pause and come back to the same exact coronavirus yeah. situation. So they're not going to take exactly. a pause either. They just want to reach the TV deal, get them, get the revenue money and whoever gets sick, gets sick. And I, and I know it sounds terrible and it really sounds terrible, but that's what I think that's what I think yeah. the NBA is doing. I think they're just going to take themselves and their money and, and what they want to do into account. No, nah, I mean, it's not, it's not, we just got to be realists about the situation, man. Um, and it's really, at this point, it's just about how we got as a society and, and a world have to start realizing that we're, we're going to be living with this virus for the foreseeable future. I mean, we, we've tried vaccines, we tried a lot of things, um, and it hasn't come to a solution. It's still around. Um, and this is two years later and, and some change, man. So it's here to stay. We just got to got to work through it and and, and you know, be kind of coexist, unfortunately, at this point. Uh, that looks like the ultimate solution because uh, we can't it's too mentally straining, man. We can't be go back into lockdown and all that. I don't think that's a solution, in my opinion, man. Uh, respectfully. <laughs> so, Jay, we, we highlighted COVID protocols and kind of like what Adam Silver's stance is on all that jazz. But let's talk about the biggest news. And we kind of highlighted it a little bit and we talked about it briefly, 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 but we didn't really get into it too much. And that's the return of Kyrie Irving to the Brooklyn Nets, man. Um, so first of all, Jay, we, there's no indication or no, nothing on the front of Kyrie getting getting the vaccination which would allow him to play their home games as well as you know states or in Canada I guess is the only other team that has those protocols that don't allow you to enter a building uh, without getting a vaccination so Jay with that being said what what kind of effect does this have on the Nets organization and their stance and originally saying that and, and the team as well and the players uh, and the coaches saying originally that Kyrie is not going to be able to play any games. Um, you know, they're, they're not allowing him. They're going to rather him sit out than go against what the team's values is now. Uh, two months later saying that Kyrie, we need you, uh, despite that all this stuff that's going on, we need you back on the team. We need you playing basketball. We don't care if it's for half the games or not in our home games. We won't be able to practice us, with us when we're at home. Changing that stance uh, to, to now, like, and going back against everything they said, to me, Jay, that looks, looks bad. That looks awful. You're basically saying that Despite like you can have your beliefs, Kyrie, and if you don't want to play basketball and you don't want to get a vaccination, that's good for you. And I loved the fact that they made it about them teams and, and had originally their stance. And now to go back on that and allow him to play, man, that's weak. That's bogus. And if you're the Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion, you should be ashamed of yourself, Jay. That's how I'm feeling right now. You go you, to go back. It just looks so weak. But, Jay, how are you feeling about this whole situation, man? You man. know, I gave my input, but for uh, I'm man, I'm Jay, Jay, I'm right there with you, man. I'm sick, dog. That is, I mean, as as I'm, I'm not even gonna say as men, as just 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 grown ups, man, women, whatever. Once you put your word on something, be about your word. Do what mm -hmm. you say. They said in the beginning of the season, they said we don't want a part time player. You're either gonna be part of this team or you're not gonna be part of this team. 
okay exactly. Kyrie, Kyrie was like all right well I'm not gonna be part of the team yeah yet. and so then they they parted ways all right it is what it is whatever happened and then the situation changed like how you said you know they're starting to lose players because of COVID because of injuries because of whatever it is and now they run back to Kyrie not only does that make your organization look extremely weak not only does that make you look like you have no uh uh, backing and authority behind what you say but also that gives so much power to the players the players are like all right cool well we can kind of do whatever do and say whatever we want mm-hmm. and whenever the team needs us they don't come running to us and, and it'll be all good so honestly i think the brooklyn nets just honestly the brooklyn nets organization sh- like pooped the bed uh, like pooped yeah. the bed that was embarrassing That's and it, if Kyrie actually comes back and plays it's gonna be like a stamp on their head. Like, but yeah, you got you got bullied by Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving bullied you into yeah. doing exactly what he wanted you to do. Yeah, he basically saying that the player is bigger than the organization. Hey, you didn't say that, but that's what you did and made it <laughs> seem like, man. For you real. said it, but not in those words. So it just is what it is, man. And and if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you should be ashamed of yourself. So I just wanted to uh get your take on that, Jay. But let's push it to another disgruntled and kind of just piss poor organization my standpoint right now and that's the philadelphia 76ers jay and it is december 22nd 2021 and there was talks basically in my opinion and i had said it when we had chris from the sixers sense on on our podcast jay and you remember this show and i said when dog rivers and joel and b their star player the household name for the 76ers refused or not refused said what he said and did not back up him being point guard of the future whether they believed it or not um at that time i think that relationship was ruined and it from ben simmons standpoint of mentally not wanting to play for a city and a team and a player and a coach uh that doesn't respect him and, and uh, fail to look step up for him honestly as a player bro i don't blame him because if, so, if, if, if I'm the relationship is tarnished at that point, man, and I get why mentally he's not ready to play for them, man. So they need to find a home for him. That being said, Jay, there's all these uh, rumors and stuff going around. Obviously, the Blazers said they're not interested in that deal. Um, another team, I forget who it was, said they're not they're the talks for them. Forget who it was. But, Jay, here's a proposal and a team that I have um, potentially could be a great deal for both sides of the equation, Jay. And that's with the San Antonio Spurs, Jay, and DeJounte Murray. Mm. And here's why I'll talk about both sides of the equation. I'll see how you're feeling and what you think about this. For the Philadelphia 76ers, you need a playmaker. You need a defender. Uh, DeJounte Murray can do both, man. He's averaging double figures. Um, he, he's getting he's a triple d- double threat on on any night. Defensively, he's going to give you uh, what Ben Simmons can do, if not better, on the perimeter. Um, I think he's rising and rising. He's a gritty, hard nosed um, take like take ownership kind of that alpha dog that they need. And then um, we've seen times that Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid don't like Joe. Tyrese Maxey isn't the best version of himself when he's running that first unit and starting with with the Sixers. So you put him in the second unit and he can thrive. And then you bring in DeJounte Murray and have him as your starter, man. I think that's the best of both worlds. And you look at his three-point shooting, you see 33%. Obviously, that's a low number. But DeJounte Murray's not looking to take threes. He's looking to get his teammates involved. 
He's an elite mid-range shooter, and he's got shooters around him. You already got Seth Curry. You already got Tobias Harris, and you are already got um, uh, Danny uh, Danny Green, who are all reliable. And you can consider Steph and Danny Green kind of elite three-point shooters. Maybe not Danny Green in a clutch, as you know. <laughs> but 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 Jay, so that's that's why I look at it. And you still you can still fit that win now mode if you're if you're the Sixers, which you need. Dejounte Murray, plug and play makes you that much better flip it to the uh for the spurs you bring in ben simmons you know a disgruntled uh player who who needs a new home needs a new role um needs a facelift needs a better coach who believes in him what better coach to bring in and put him in a situation than the legend himself greg popovich jay and that i don't even need to say anything more um than that so and to make it work, I looked at the salary and the numbers that Sixers would probably need to take on uh, Doug McDermott and Keldon Johnson, who will still add to their depth and, and and just make them a better team, man. So, Jay, what do you got to say that? I know that, that's a lot of information to take in, but what do you think about that deal just as, as a whole? Honestly, Jay, I was I, I, I was big and I was uh, number one fan behind, for that CJ McCollum and Ben Simmons one, as you know. But like how you said, the Blazers said, we're not doing that. That's not mm-hmm. that's not benefiting us. So I've already thrown that out the window. But honestly, Jay, you bring this up. I really like this. I actually really, really like this. I think I think a player like uh, like DeJounte Murray would fit really nice next to Joel Embiid, uh, run those r- run those high pick and rolls with him, uh, be able to look for the lob. Because like how you said, uh, DeJounte Murray really has a good, good court vision to him. And uh, right, right out of the pick and roll when he has the, the defender on his hip, he's a very good decision maker, right? whether he's Gonna, where he's gonna get to the hoop and attack, or whether he's gonna uh, look for the lob. So I, I think I think that'd actually be great, man. I think that that's a, a not not as skilled as a CJ McCollum, not as skilled as not as skilled as an overall player as CJ mm-hmm. McCollum, but to the. If that's a deal where you're getting something extremely valuable, right? And then on this on on, on the Spurs side of thing, I mean, man, Jay, I really didn't even think about Ben Simmons being on the Spurs. That's a great. That's honestly a great matchup, and that's a great fit for him because not only does that give him an amazing coach like Pop, even though even if Pop's on his way out, that gives an amazing coach for like Ben Simmons to be able to uh, have one year under under his belt of an amazing coach. And like, man, uh, uh, the the change that that could make is is huge. I was. Uh, listen to the uh, to the Knuckleheads podcast with with with, with, with Q Rich, you know, and, and and Q Rich, he was talking about uh, the importance of a good coach and how that can mm-hmm. uh, just uh, accelerate your years in the NBA. You know, he was talking uh, he he was he was talking about the fact that when he went to the he he had Pat Riley and Pat Riley was just really kind of uh, he went there his second year. He said that. After he left, he he felt like he was in his third or fourth year already because he felt like he had learned so much. Pat Riley had advanced his game so much. So you know, being being around a coach like Pop, I think that can only help Ben Simmons. And and more than anything, the Spurs have a very open roster. Ben Simmons could play to one. He could play to four. He could play to three. He could kind of do it all on the Spurs. So yeah. that 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 could get his trade value back up. And if the, even if the Spurs don't want to keep him long long term, they could get his trade value back up and get him and get him out again. Because two years ago, Ben Simmons had a very high trade value. Facts. Yeah. No. No. I agree. I mean, and there, there, there's. I, I just wanted to see how how you're feeling about engage your just interest in that deal. And and you think it just works out for both sides, or is there one team just winning? Because in my opinion, you're, I think both teams are kind of really getting the best of both worlds. Because even if you add 
Ben into that mix with uh, Spurs. I think Derek White's a great player, and he could play re- really well with uh, Ben Simmons there in that backcourt. But that's Absolutely. just how I'm feeling on it. Absolutely, Derek White, Lonnie Walker. They got they yeah. they, they definitely got a good team over there that could mm-hmm. fit around Ben. But for me, I would go with the Sixers. I think they'd win a little bit more because mm-hmm. getting a player like Dejounte Murray for the freaking Ben Simmons that nobody wants to offer anything good for. I think that that's, that's a win for the Sixers. Yeah. It's just about, about, about if the Spurs think long-term, they have a better future with DeJounte or, or exactly. uh, Ben, but I don't know. I think both sides could kind of potentially win, man. But Jay, let's, let's talk about last night's game, last night's games a little bit. And, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll recap about Monday too. Cause I know we have both have, few games highlighted so the first game last night was the Miami Heat with a 125-96 win uh, over the Pacers you know leading the way for for the Heat Um, coming back uh, with his return was Tyler Hero with 26 points one rebound five of six I mean just just a huge night just just what you need from Tyler Hero and, and just one thing, you know, just real quick to, on that game is, you know, you've seen a lot of guys. It's that heat culture, Jay. Uh, time and time again, guys having guys depth, rotation, but guys you can plug and play. The Gabe Vincents, the Max Strusses, um, the Dwayne Deadmans, who's playing backup, um, the backup center role for, for uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, and then Omer. Yurtsevin, um, obviously playing more backup minutes and playing more minutes than, than Dwayne Dredman. But you guys got they got that next man up mentality there in, in Miami because of that heat culture, that hashtag heat culture, man. So uh, you love to see it. And, and that's a big win against a team and a team you need to take care of business in, in those um, Indiana Pacers, Jay. And let's push it forward to the next game. The New York Knicks with the 105-91 win over the Detroit Pistons. Um, shout out Lance, make him dance. But uh, Julius Randle with the 21 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. A lot of what Julius can do um, in, in that game, man. And then obviously Kemba Walker, uh, who's getting back in the lineup just due to obviously all this stuff going on. And you, you love to see him putting in a good, uh, a good performance there against the Detroit Pistons, albeit not the best competition, man. The next game here, we got the 111 uh, 97 win of the New York New Orleans Pelicans over the Trailblazers. And what I saw in that game, they, that game, Jay, is Dame time, man. Looking like he's back. Obviously, he never left, but 39 points, seven assists, two rebounds. And then Brandon Ingram with 28 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. But the theme, Jay, in that game, man, is. Dame needs more help. Like, what, what are we? What else is there to say? Like, he he's he's back. He's putting in the work, man. Is it CJ McCollum? I don't know, man. But they they've made it clear that they want to make things work, and with the players they got, they don't intend to move guys. Uh, we'll see. Saying saying it is one thing, doing it is the other, man. But but we'll we'll ultimately see what happens there. Moving to the next game is the 114, 102 win the Dallas Mavericks over the Minnesota Timberwolves obviously the Timberwolves without Anthony Edwards and, and a few more of their guys you know Cat with another huge game there 26 points 14 rebounds seven assists Jalen Brunson though 
was the biggest performance, obviously, with Luca still out, needed him to step up, need other guys to step up with 28 points, six assists, and two rebounds, man. Just getting it done, man. And then, Jay, I know you're going to be talking about this game the last night, the last game of the night, and I'll let you take this one, was the 108-90 win of the Phoenix Suns over the Los Angeles Lakers, man. A lot to unpack in that game, Jay. And I'm going to let you go for it and, and talk about this game and what you saw in that. Yeah, Jay, definitely, definitely a lot to unpack. And, you know, like, like you said, 10890, uh, Phoenix went in. And honestly, first thing, I, for, for, first thing I noticed out the gate was the energy that, that the Lakers came out with, man. The energy that the, the Lakers came out with really nice energy and re- really was led by LeBron. You no, know? LeBron was pushing the pace and LeBron took that took that early lead and took that early aggression that I was talking about a couple of episodes ago that he didn't have, that he didn't have when a, that, that game that AD went down, LeBron only had 18 points and, and he, and LeBron wasn't aggressive and it wasn't a sort of like how he needs to be when your star players out this game, he was it. You could tell, by the way, LeBron was playing that Anthony Davis was not out there because he was really carrying the load, man. I mean, in the in the first 11 minutes, he scored 14 points, uh, really was bringing that. Uh, and like I said, knowing, knowing Anthony Davis aggression at the, at the end of the night, he ended up with 34 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals on 68 percent from the field, 100 percent from the free throw line and 40 percent from the field, man. But. One man cannot do it all. The other guys, the other guys is who we need to talk about. THT, Rondo, Mello, Wayne Ellington, Isaiah Thomas, all scored under 10 points. And honestly, you know, I like IT. Shout out to IT. But I think the the him being so inefficient, I think that's the problem. That's what got him out of out of the league. I mean, he I get it. He's on, he's kind of on a on a, on a tryout. He's on the on a 10-day tryout, and not just for the Lakers, for the rest of the league, the league season plan performing well, he'll he'll be able to pick up a contract. So I get it. He's trying to put up shots. He's trying to get his. But three points on 9% from the field. He shot one of 11 from the field. At that point, you got to understand, okay, this is not my night. At, at, at one of eight, at one of at one of seven, you have to understand, okay, this is not my night, and let's not, and, and, let, and, and let's not just keep him keep them uh, chucking up. And, but, you know, uh, just while we're talking about the bench, I do want to just give a, a cool little shout out to Reza, man. It was, it was definitely good to see Trevor Reza out there. Brought, definitely brought some good bench production, uh, 12 points, five rebounds, uh, did not miss a shot from, from the three or from the field, man. So that's just, that's just that good, efficient bench production that you want to see, man. But I mean, at the end of the day, honestly, what, what I saw from the Lakers was that the Lakers needed to push the pace, man. Every time that the Lakers were pushing the pace, running in tra- running in transition, Having Braun run the lanes instead of having Braun be the guy with the ball initiating the offense, let Rondo, let let uh let THT, let other players initiate the offense and allow Braun to run in transition because that's when the Lakers were most effective, man. And in the in the half court set, they needed to run with LeBron, a pick and roll with LeBron as 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 the role man, man, because with LeBron as the role man, LeBron with with the that gets the ball and has the options whether to attack or whether to kick to open shooters. I think that's that's an insanely smart romance to have. But at the end of the day, man, it just I, I didn't see enough aggression, and I just know that one on five isn't isn't enough, man. I mean, in today's league, I don't care who you are, I don't care how good you are, you need at least you know three very good. You need three very good players or two uh, generational talents to really be a dominant team in this league and. Right now, the other guys just aren't bringing it, and and it's all all really all up to LeBron right now, and that's really scary because you don't want to leave it all up to a thirty seven year old 
uh, man, even though he's Iron Man, Superman, whatever it is. But yeah. Jay, how, what, what do you, you got some thoughts about that game on the Suns side of things? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, from from the Suns, um, first I'll talk about the Suns part of things, and then I'll talk about the Lakers. But in terms of the Suns, man, just just one of the best teams right now. It's just, it's just the Lakers, or sorry, it's the Warriors, not the Lakers. It's the Suns and the Warriors, man. The the Suns are playing at such an extremely high level, man. And their the box score and the in the game charts say kind of everything about that last night. I mean, first of all, outsisting the Lakers 29 to 14. Obviously, you got to make shots to get assists, but just the ball movement, the, the level that all the guys are playing, led by CP, getting other guys involved, you know, turning up good shots for great shots. And that's just been their recipe of success for the Suns. And we saw that on full display last night against uh the Lakers. Obviously, you know, they, they were throwing punches and countering last night at, at home uh, at, at the crypto.com center arena or whatever it's called uh, last night. But just a lot of that. I, I, but I saw early on that the Suns, it was a tight game in the first half for the most part. And then we saw them just just put it on them after Carmelo got ejected there in the second half when they were down up six points. But a lot of to me was just I thought that the Suns were just despite the score, we're in control of that game the whole time. I mean, I just, just thought clearly, especially an undermanned team like like the uh, the Lakers without AD, um, but I just thought the Suns were just in total control. And a lot of people had said last year when they beat them in the playoffs uh, that, you know, that that was a lot to do with AD, obviously LeBron being injured, but Come to think about it and come to see now and, and the, the uh, obviously they're a better team than they were at that point. But I just think that they're the Suns and the way that play the style that they play is a bad ma- matchup uh, ultimately for the Lakers. You know, styles make fights. And I just think in terms of the roster makeup and the depth and what the, the Suns players can do uh, off the bench, um, even their starters, I just think it's a bad matchup just all around. Uh, for the Lakers. And I feel like that's why they struggle so much when they play each other, uh, because it's just a bad matchup. You look at um, top to bottom, the bigs, uh, the guard play. um, It's just a lot to ask for LeBron at his age, especially. Um, I just feel like he's the only good matchup. If you look at one through five, man, um, with this is obviously without AD being in there, man. I think it's just a bad matchup, and, and that's just, just exactly why it was close for a little bit. Then we saw them pull away, man. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah what, Jay, what about the Suns for you, man? And, and then, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you touched on everything for the Suns, and I mean, the only, only thing I want to add in there was that DeAndre Aiden really just took advantage of, of, of no AD. Like, as as, as you're watching Lakers on, on offense and defense, it really just kind of seemed like there was a big gap in the middle of the floor. And you knew, and I mean, as a Lakers fan, and just – is some anybody who's who's very like who's been watching the Lakers games, you know that that's supposed that huge ass gap is supposed to be by it's supposed to be filled by AD right there in the middle holding it down and just a a DeAndre Aiden took playing advantage of that no one could really contest him on his rolls to the hoop every time he would set a pick and roll they would throw it high and DeAndre Aiden doesn't have the I mean not DeAndre uh, DeAndre Jordan doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with him Dwight Howard is in and health and safety protocols AD wasn't there everybody else DeAndre Aiden is too tall for you know so he kind of just 
put his hands up. Nobody was nearly as tall and as athletic. Just kind of took it to took advantage of them. Kind of reminded me of that uh, of that of that uh, Suns and Warriors game that a that DeAndre Aiden was taking advantage of the fact that he was the tallest and tallest player, and then nobody with the foot speed can keep up with him, man. So that definitely just a dominant performance in the Suns, man, and just. But just watch out, man. Just watch out for the Suns. Like, I keep yeah. telling myself that every single time I watch Suns games. So, Jay, yeah, about the Lakers, man, and what, what I saw. First of all, in terms of the Lakers, man, they're sitting at 16 and 16 right now. Um, and I think that's a perfect indication of the level that they played about. You talked a lot about inconsistency. And that's ex- what, what exactly what the Lakers have. Obviously, they haven't had the same lineup and haven't been able to see the same players, man. But we've seen, I've seen enough, me just in my opinion, right, uh, have seen enough from AD, LeBron, and Westbrook uh, all together. And my concerns of having them at the three seed, which I see now was way too high uh, with them, and all the concerns about giving, tra- getting rid of all the depth that they had, uh, to get bring in Westbrook, I think it's coming to to fruition, man. All those concerns are being highlighted, and it's kind of being exposed. Like uh, he he's put up, he had a good stat line. Um, if you look at just the box scores, 20, 22 points, ten is uh, ten rebounds, five assists, three steals. But as we know, John, and as anyone who knows basketball, stats and and, and box scores don't always tell tell the uh, tell the whole story, man. And that's exactly what we've seen from Westbrook the whole season, man. And I think the Lakers just are a mediocre to above average team at best. Um, you add you add a Anthony Davis back into the mix, man. I still don't think the Lakers are deep enough. Um, I, I think they're they got two great players when they're playing at their best. Um, LeBron James obviously uh, is one of the greatest to do it. And he's showing that, um, proving that night in night out. He did it again last night, but Anthony date for them to be successful. Anthony Davis has to be at his best as well. And he has not been that, uh, this season, obviously he's injured now. Um, we don't know what he's going to even look like when he comes back from a, a knee injury. So I think it's not looking good for the Lakers right now. Um, this was just another, uh, another showing another display and i also gotta say why is deandre eight uh deandre jordan starting over dwight howard man what is david fitzdale like did frank vogel tell him not to start him like i just don't know what's going getting a did do not uh do not play man it just baffles me these rotations man jay i i don't know it's just frustrating even as a fan man like you you have a better player and you're playing deandre maybe just get rid of this whole staff i don't know man Rob Palenka, they won in one in uh they did a good job of putting that roster together in the bubble, Jay. And ever since he hasn't done like in my opinion, he's made all bad moves. But but I don't know, man. That's the little rant I, I gotta go on it, Jay. I don't know how you're feeling as a Laker fan. Dwight right? did health and safety protocol, so that's the 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 that's okay. why they started DeAndre okay. Jordan. I agree. I mean if DeAndre okay. Jordan if, DeAndre, if <laughs> okay. Dwight was out there and DeAndre Jordan was starting, I think that'd be a problem. Okay, man, that makes that's, sense. That, that, that's the only reason that DeAndre Jordan started. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, Jay, I mean what you said, uh I mean, what you said at this point, the only thing, only thing I want to push back on is that, you know, you said you said when they're at their best, they only have two great players out there. I think that when Westbrook's at his best, he's a great player, like a like a great player. But OK, yeah, is, yeah. Westbrook can't just be 
constantly at his best every single night because and because then when he's at his best he's kind of he's a great player but he's taking a lot of shots he's taking shots away from people and he's right. he's finding he's finding people so i think when the lakers are at their best they put they have three dominant great players um mm-hmm. and, and then and then uh, and then only thing i do want to add and i have all, I'm, I'm i'm right there on, on all the same concerns from uh, uh as you only thing i do want to add is that i do i and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Lakers fan. Like, no, I just genuinely say this as a basketball fan. Like, I do still see it very difficult to knock out the Lakers in the playoffs. I think you're going to be a tough outing in the playoffs just because that's a very experienced playoff team. Like, Melo has, has playoff experience. LeBron has playoff experience. Rondo has playoff experience. AD has playoff experience. And all these guys. And 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 we know that when, when you get to that level, when you get to that point, and I, Paul Pierce was even talking about it on, on all the smoke, he said, when you get to the playoffs, yes, like, you need the young guys to have energy and to do it, but you also need the older, older guys, the vet guys that's been there and know knows where to be mentally. And I think that I think that a lot of them they have that's where they have the advantage of people is they have the retirement home. So, but let's see if they yeah. if they can get yeah. there. No, no, I mean I I agree with you. Like uh, like being in the playoffs is a fact. But Jay, that that's a bit like I, I don't think I I think they may make the playoffs, but they're sitting at the seventh seed right now. Whoa, Jay! And you look at you look you you no 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 you look at let me let me finish. Look at where they're at right now. They're in the seventh seed. They're in the play playing game. Now you look at Anthony Davis being out for a month. I'm just I'm just saying like best case scenario and how it's working out and what they're working with right now, Jay. So right. they're they're they have to play. They have right now. They're in the playing game. That's just what it is. I'm not saying that they might end up there. I'm saying, so you're 16. There's the, there's a top four seeds. I'd say the Suns, the Warriors and the Jazz, and then maybe you throw in the Grizzlies. I think those three, I think those top three teams are going to play kind of musical chairs and, and to see what, who gets the first, second, third seed. Then you look at 15, the fifth seed, the sixth seed, the seventh seed, the eighth seed. You got the Denver Nuggets at 15 and 14. You got the, uh, you got the Los Angeles Clippers at 16 and 15. You got the Lakers at 16 and 16, 500. You got the Mavericks at 15 and 15, 500. You got the Timberwolves at 15 and 16. So all those four teams, those five teams right there in the middle is bungled up. And then you got Anthony Davis out for four weeks, man. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. Um, just there might be a play-in team. That's all I'm saying. So it's going to be tough. And then you adding that wear and tear on a guy like AD who's coming off injuries. We know that he struggles with injuries. I'm not going to use the word injury prone. And then Anthony, uh, sorry, LeBron James, who is 36 years old, turning 37, man, as you said on the last episode, man, uh, that's a lot of wear and tear and a lot of fight to win, possibly if they're the eight or nine seed or nine or 10 seed, winning one game, winning two just to get into the playoffs, man. It's just concerning for me uh, looking from the, from, from the outside perspective. And and you add that, and then you try to win a seven game series. It's just a lot of a lot of uh, wear and tear. That's all I'm saying, man. Is 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 it's a lot of mileage is, for the is, for the for the what did you say the retirement home? A lot of mileage. That's all I'm gonna say. It's it's definitely a lot of mileage. But I mean, looking at looking at the seating. Uh, I mean, yeah, like how you said, one, two, and three is probably gonna keep playing musical chairs with each other and 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 kind of keep switching. But the Lakers aren't fa- aren't far off from being the fifth seed. The Lakers aren't far off, and and I and I don't see them having a trouble with any team any team from the fourth seed for any any team besides 
the Jazz, uh, the Jazz, the Suns and Warriors. I don't see the Lakers having trouble beating in a seven game series. I don't see them having a hard time at all because it's not like the Lakers are the only team facing of the, the, these COVID protocols. Not like the, not like AD is the only player missing in the league. So I don't. I really don't. See, even if it, even if it comes down to a playing situation, I don't see the Lakers really having a hard time in like struggling to put out any of these teams. I only the only team only thing that I see them really really having a hard time against would be a Rudy Gobert, Jazz, uh, DeAndre Aiden, Suns, and. Uh, on fire Stephen Curry Warriors. So I, I think I think that's the only team. The rest of the teams in the league don't think would be uh would be too much of a challenge for them. But at the end of the day, uh you know what I'm saying? No, no team you can just go out there and just uh won't just lay down and, and, and let you beat them, man. So yeah, if if they if they land in that playing situation, it'll definitely be more mileage. But uh, I don't think it'll be a problem for um but for, for the Lakers over there as long as Frank's gone. <laughs> okay, okay. We we gonna have to disagree to uh to or whatever you call it. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree, Jay. Um, I I think they're they're gonna it's gonna be they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think they're they're gonna have some trouble. Maybe uh, maybe that's a big maybe too. I think like playing game. Uh, I think they're they're for sure gonna be in the playing game in my opinion. But well, um, let, let me ask we'll, you. We'll this. see. We'll let see. Me, let me we'll just see. ask you this. Do you do you think they're they're a serious scary playoff team? Or no? Uh, right now, the way that they're playing, and just, just your prediction when it gets to playoffs. No, nah, I don't think. I think they're wow. they're a good team. They can maybe take two or three, maybe two games off. Because right now, I think there'd be a bottom um, six or seven or eight seed right but now. Play, um, but, but, so but playoffs, I, but playoffs. So that means seven game series. That means so that means they're playing uh, Golden State. Phoenix or Utah, I think either any all three of those teams are beating them in a seven game series. So what what do you mean by like scary? Like they, they'll win some games, they might bring them to seven games. I think they can bring them to maybe six or seven games, maybe against those teams. I think uh, Phoenix or Golden State's beating them in six at mm. most. Ah, that's, that's, tough. What, that's you asked me. No, 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 I hear you. No, I hear you. I'm just not, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at the standings and I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I really, I'm having a hard time saying that the Clippers will have a better season than them when it goes down to 82 game season. Like the Clippers, the, the same way the Lakers are missing the best player, so are the Clippers. And the Clippers are have our, our point guard list. So I just, I don't know. I don't know if the Clippers are going to be able to stay in that 60, man. But all right. All right. Jay, yeah, we'll, no, we'll, it's we'll, a lot of mumble. Though, that, that, like, five through eight seed or five through even nine you throw the timberwolves in there man it's just bundled up right now so uh, who knows who's going to come out of that man you, it could be the lakers uh it's going to be tough without anthony davis so they got to weather that storm um the nuggets got to weather without jamal murray i believe in joe Jokic. the clippers obviously they got a they got a mountain to climb there you know who knows how long luca's going to be out but the, those teams right there man there's a lot of just mixing and mashing that's going to be going on. a lot of musical chairs. So let's, let's see how that happens. Let's, let's revisit it in maybe two weeks and let, let's see what's, what the standings are like at that point, man. But, uh, but yeah, Jay, let, let's move it on, man. That was, that was a great, great discussion about that. But um, uh, for, for, for the next few games here, we got, we'll, t- we'll talk about, you know, the last game, which, <clears throat> which was, hold on. So real quick, Jay, we'll talk about Monday, the 20th games um, and recap them real quick. 
So the first game of the night, which we're going to talk about in more depth after this, is the 76ers with the 108-103 win versus the Boston Celtics in Boston. Obviously, Joel Embiid with 41 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. And I have an interesting take about the center situation, too, in the league after that one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you may, maybe you know already. But um, next game we got of the night was the Chicago Bulls with the 133-118 win versus the Houston Rockets. Uh, box score of the night for me was DeMar, your guy, with 26 points, six assists, three rebounds, continues to do it, have put in together an all-NBA season. Um, next up, Oklahoma City Thunder, obviously we already talked about that with the 102-99 win versus the Grizzlies. Josh Giddy with 19 points, 11 assists, five rebounds. I think he's proven all those doubters wrong, man. He's, he's having putting together a great season, just throw, showing off his flashy and creativeness night to night, man. The next game was the Utah Jazz with the 112-102 win versus the Charlotte Hornets. We got Rudy Gobert with a huge night, 23 points, 21 rebounds. Um, going 15 from of 16 from the free throw line man that's a historic night in my opinion bro like Rudy's just just Rudy's putting together a great season is a lot to do with the success of the Jazz next game of the night was the Golden State Warriors with a 113 um, 98 win over the Sacramento Kings the style line of the night was Mr. Draymond Green with 16 points 11 rebounds 10 assists Messed around, got a triple-double, huge night for Dre. Uh, the next game of the night was the San Antonio Spurs with the 116-92 win over the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, obviously, you talked about the Clippers starting to, to falter or, or lose some games, and this is just another indication. But not to take anything away from the Spurs, I think they're, they're a better team than the record indicates at 12-18, and 18, man. They got their well-coached, obviously, and – Deshante Murray, another triple-double, a guy we talked about earlier, man. 24 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. I think the, I think the Sixers can't use him, Jay, man. But anyways, um, let's talk more in depth about this Philadelphia 108-103 um, victory over the Celtics, man. I know you got some, some notes and, and things you want to highlight in that one. Yeah, Jay. I mean, I mean, let's just talk about Joel and B. Honestly, every time, every time I talk about Joel, I, I always say the big motherfucker Joel and B because, bro, yeah. like that he's just he is so big and dominant out there, man. I, you mm-hmm. said it, Jay. Forty-one points, ten rebounds, fifty-one percent from the field, twelve of fourteen from the free throw line. So he's extremely aggressive. And man, we, we, you know when you say that, like somebody got bullied. Like, if you watch that game, what he did to Ennis Freedom, a.k.a. Ennis Cantor, was the definition of bullying somebody. He got it from wherever it is that he wanted. If he wanted yeah. to low post. Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> freedom. If he wanted Take to- away his freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Jay, he was he was getting it wherever. He was, it was free for he him. Was. It was free for Joel. And whether it, it was, was in the post, whether it was mid-range, whether it was in the perimeter. All you can eat buffet. That's say it again, Jay. He came in, man. And he honestly, what was most impressive to me is that coming into the fourth quarter, he had 24 points and he ended up with 41 points, man. So this is an extremely dominant fourth quarter pres uh fourth quarter performance. And I, as I was watching the game, Jay, honestly, I, I just 
I just looked at myself and I was like, man, I think Joel Embiid might be one of my favorite players to watch when he's on fire because he knows what to do. He knows how to make the right decisions out of the devil teams. He knows when to attack. And honestly, he's just, he, he's just been on fire. Though. I mean, this past couple of weeks, I mean, he had 42 on the Wolves, 43 on the Hornets, 32 on the Nets. And I mean, this is, if you look at how Joel Embiid and 76ers have been playing, this is the, the this is how deadly they're supposed to be out of the pick and roll you know like uh, i want i, I want to definitely give all my credit to joel Embiid, but joel Embiid would not have been been able to have this game and these games that he's been able to have if it has not been for seth curry and tobias harris they have been huge a huge uh production and a huge part of why he's able to do this and the reason why i say that is because of those pick and rolls a lot of joel Embiid's buckets is coming off the rolls out of the pick and rolls because either if you're the other team you got a you got a Joel Embiid and Seth Curry pick and roll. You what are you gonna do? You're either gonna double Joel Embiid and leave a great shooter like Seth Curry open for a mid range or for a three. He's gonna knock down, or you're not gonna double Joel Embiid, <laughs> and that's barbecue chicken if you don't double Joel Embiid, man. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm that's why I've been pushing, and I know we talked about it a little bit, you know, that CJ McCollum thing. That's why I've been pushing that so bad. Because can you imagine instead of Seth Curry and Tobias Harris coming off the screen, you got CJ McCollum. Man, that would just that that would just be a game changer, man. That that would make the Sixers deadly on the pick and roll, on the lob, on the three, on the just the just the uh, the off the dribble pull up, man. That just honestly uh, watching that game definitely made me feel like I really need to see CJ in the Sixers uniform. But shout out to Seth, shout out to Tobias. Tobias definitely did their did their things. But what did you see from the game, Jay? Yeah, yeah. No, I think like you said, Joel is as much as he can do, like as much as he can do is with the guy, the help, the the supporting cast and Toby and, and Seth stepped up for the Sixers. And that was a huge reason of why they were successful and were able to pull out that victory. You know, Boston's a tough place to play. Uh, you're not going to get some calls. You're not going to get a lot of things there. So to, and obviously there was a delay in the game too. So to stay focused, stay ready to play was huge for those guys. Um, stay locked in and, and Joel just realized that the matchup they had no inf- answer for him you know Robert Williams was out that night um, and, and he knew he saw freedom and he saw freedom and he knew he was going to go at him and get his because um, they had no answer for them they throw a double and when guys and, and the outside guys are hitting like that then then you're not going to win games man you're not going to be able to beat the, the Sixers team um, and that was without Tyrese Maxey too. So maybe he was getting a little more touches and guys were feeling the ball and be able to massage it a little more than they would have uh, naturally hard had to, because, you know, Tyrese Maxey is a, uh, obviously a, you know, ball dominant guard. But let me talk about a little bit of just about, you know, the Celtics and what I saw from them. Obviously, from you, you look to the Celtics and the way that they got to win and the way that they have made it clear that they're going to win is through their two guys, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And what did they do and, and how did they play? Jason T- uh, Jalen Brown, you look at it just from the field goal aspects, nine for uh, nine for 22 from the field, 40 percent. That's 30 points. Still, that's not going to get it done. That kind of efficiency, especially when a guy like Joel Embiid Tobias Harris and South Kerry on the other other end are getting it done and getting their work in. And then you look at the guy and, you know, Jay, who I always talk about in that team, who I think is a better player. And that's Jason Tatum going five from 14 
uh, 35% from the field, man, 17 points. That's definitely not going to get it done, especially as a guy who I believe is their number one option. And we've seen that clear in a lot of games who was playing more efficiently, um, shooting the ball from a more uh, a higher effective clip, man. But to have those two guys have that those kind of nights, Jalen Brown, obviously 30 points. That's cool. But on 40 percent efficiency, that's not going to get it done, and especially not uh, from Jason Tatum, who took less shots and was more less and less efficient and not going to get it done, especially at home against a team like the 76ers, Jay. But that's just what I saw. And then obviously, and his cancer getting cooked doesn't help anything so um <laughs> and it's freedom cancer um honestly jay you like got your that, freedom dog like <laughs> honestly jay i was watching that and that was like you know when you're at the park and you're just watching like oh gee just bully some kid like that's really what mm. it felt like like joel and bead was yeah. just putting his shoulder into his chest and moving him out the way every single time it was impressive mm-hmm. honestly i think there's a good place for us to go ahead and, and, and wrap it up here jay another great 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 episode hidden takes i mean jay honestly these are just starting to just be fire every week jay just every week just mm-hmm. constantly you know you got you go you, to you go to every single week you got you got two drop and you mm-hmm. got one you got you got one uh, one on the week and then one in the middle of the week and one in the beginning and end of the week man so it's just we just fire jay man but you got any last words you want to say here before we sign off here no man no great episode um we love bringing you guys content you know if, if continue to support us we always appreciate you know follow us on at clutch talk pod on uh, instagram twitter um youtube you can f- just follow us at clutch talk capital c l u t c h capital t a l k for you for those of you who need help spelling man we appreciate the support man get at us if you got any questions concerns Things you want us to add to the show, things you want us to highlight, get at us. Get us in DMs, comments, man. We we always appreciate it, man, getting your feedback and everything. And as usual, give us a five-star review if you're feeling us, if you're messing with us on all of those on YouTube. Give us a like, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, 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 man. That's all I got to say. Yeah, 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 man. Jay said it all, man. But that's it, man. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.